Hey firecrackers, it's Naomi and welcome to the firecracker department. Well, hello December, fancy meeting you here. How's your December looking everybody? I'm talking to myself in my studio slash room. It's not a studio, who's kidding who? One day firecracker department will have a studio, but today I'm talking in a closet. Here's my question to you. Do you have a mentor? Did you ever have a mentor? I've always wanted a mentor and I think I've had them in different capacities, but never truly somebody that I was like, this is my mentor. This is somebody that I would call up and ask for advice. I have a lot of mentors if it's asking for advice because I'm always asking my friends for advice. So my friends are definitely my mentors. I remember like six years ago, I was like, oh, I really want a mentor. Like I want somebody that has been through their career and maybe could help me with guiding my career. And you know, my mom had dementia for 10 years and then passed away last year. So she's not really around to give me, you know, female advice too. So those are two things that I was like, I was kind of lacking in. And I was just reflecting the other day and thinking, gosh, the firecracker department has kind of become my mentor platform. Like every time I have a discussion with somebody, I soak in their advice, I soak in their words of guidance, and they become my mentors. I think people don't really recognize, I certainly didn't think about this, is that mentors can come in all different ages. Like, you know, you might find a mentor that is much older than you and has that kind of uh, wisdom with age. And there's also amazing voices that are younger than me and can be my mentors because Gosh, everybody's got something to teach. And that is something I'm absolutely recognizing with Firecrack Department. Everybody has something to teach me and everybody is a potential mentor. I would love to hear from you. Who are your Firecracker mentors? And let's give them some shout outs because you know, this journey, it ain't easy, but it sure is way easier with folks helping you out along the way. So guiding you and giving you advice. So give me your mentors, either through social media at firecrackerdept, hashtag firecrackermentor. If you're bold enough, send us a voicemail. I would love to have a little mentor shout out on our podcast, firecrackerdepartment at gmail.com. Send a short voicemail and just let us know who your mentor is and you know why. What is something that this mentor brings to your world? Advice maybe that they've given you. I would love to hear every little bit of it. So drop me a line, let me know, hashtag firecrackermentor. All right. now. Our guest this week, oh my gosh, award-winning screenwriter, executive producer, Karen Walton. Yes, and founder of Inc. Canada. I met Karen ages ago. Firecrack Department did a panel with the women in film in Toronto, and Karen was on that panel. And I mean, I immediately fell in love with her. She's just cool, first of all. And then she's talented, cool. And then she's kind, cool. And then she's funny, cool. So she's just like, cool times a million to me. And uh, as soon as I met her, I was like, I gotta get you on the podcast. You know, years pass and we didn't get around to it. Lives are busy. And now I get to share Karen Walton with you. I'm so jazzed. I'm so, so grateful that I got to sit down with her. And as I said, when I first met her, I was like, oh, I wanna find out so much more about you. So this was such a treat for me to sit down and, and really get to know Karen a little bit deeper. And I have to say something about this chat. Something was going on with the gremlins in the computer and nothing was working. I log on, usually this is what happens. I log on, Winnie and I have a little chat on Zoom and then the guest comes in, Winnie starts recording, she takes off and we have the discussion. This time, however, I log on, Winnie and I see each other, can't hear each other, 
still can't hear each other. I do all the things, all the tricks. I shut down windows. I change uh, servers. I do a handstand. I put a tinfoil hat on. I do all of it and nothing happened. And I was like, you know what? Maybe this isn't the day. Maybe Karen and I have worked so hard to try and find this time to chat and this is not the day for it. Anyway, Karen, gracious woman that she is, was like, don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. I'm here. I have time to wait. So I'm just going to log off. And when you're ready, I'm ready. Winnie and I did not give up and we pushed through and it was, at, I think, at least 20 minutes late. And Karen was like, let's just chat. No big whoop. I mean, that's my kind of person that recognizes big whoops when they're there. And this was not a big whoop. <laughs> You may know Karen for writing the original cult classic horror film, Ginger Snaps, and for her work as writer, co-executive producer for the Bell Media BBC America's hit sci-fi series, Orphan Black. Her other credits include Showtime's Queer as Folk, CTV's Flashpoint, The Listener, The 11th Hour, The City, and CBC's What's It Like Being Alone, Straight Up, Drop the Beat. I mean, her credits go on, my friends, and on. She also wrote two True Life Movies of the Week, CBC's Heart, The Marilyn Bell Story, and The Many Trials of One Jane Doe, which, by the way, Karen won a Canadian Screen Award for Best Writing in a Movie or Miniseries. Thank you very much. Now, Karen founded Inc. Canada, Canadian screenwriters and their sketchy friends. This is a group on Facebook that was established in 2007. Over the years, it has grown and grown, and now they have over 9,000 screenwriter pros, students, uh, fans of the art and industry, colleagues from Canada, and you know, all around the world. It is such a cool online community. And if you are a writer in any capacity, I really encourage you to go in there, answer those questions and submit to their private group because the discussions are so great on that platform. And I know Karen curates it with such care and love. And we get into this, my discussion with Karen, but this is a place where everyone can freely share their professional experiences, advice, uh, mentorship, speaking of mentorship, and discuss issues of the day in contemporary screenwriting. It's a really vibrant community online. I really encourage you, Inc. Canada. And Karen is just extraordinary as a leader of that group. And you can see her hand guiding it just ever so intelligently and, and gracefully and Karen Walton-y. Yeah, that's a word. Now, Karen is dedicated to fair representation of gender, gender equality, racial, economic, and cultural diversity on and off the screen. Her dedication has been recognized by the Academy of Canadian Cinema and Television's prestigious Margaret Collier Award, Actor Toronto's Nell Shipman Award, Women in Film and Television Toronto's Crystal Award for Mentorship, the Writers Guild of Canada's Writers Block Award, and the Banff Media Festival's Fellowship Alumnus Award. Whew, that's a lot of awards, Karen Walton. Karen's other film and television writing accolades include a Toronto International Film Festival special jury citation for a screenplay, also a Canadian Comedy Award, and Canadian Screen Awards for Best Dramatic Series. You're gonna find out just how cool she is. Here we go, here's my chat with Karen Walton. It's worth it all, it's worth it all, my friend. I was like, this Don't isn't working, that. my head's exploding. You know, it's different if you just like walk away because that's like you can break up with the bad boyfriend of events. You can break up with that. Yeah. You can go, it's yeah. time for me to go home from this party. Sometimes it takes away. two minutes. Sometimes it takes two days, two weeks, two years. But eventually, 
shit gets sorted. We'll be it gets sorted. And it's not I'm not standing at the top of a building with a cooler and a couple of lungs and a heart in it going to the helicopter. Stop! Here you go. Thank you. Thank you. My this mine is are we performing life-saving surgery today? So this is why we're friends who just never visit enough. Because we think the same way. We go default. Is this in fact the worst thing in the world or not? And often it is. But then it's like it's trusting too, right? That that feeling reverberates to folks. Because some people are like, you know, like I like to be on time. So if especially with Zoom, 102 is late for me. It is possible we were separated at birth. See, (laughs) and I had no idea. From the outside in, it just looks like it's all happening with the firecracker. Oh, so boring. It's all good over there. Oh, my God, Karen. These people know what they are doing, (laughs) unlike everyone I seem to surround I love this so much because that's my my inclination with, like, Karen Walton and in Canada. Oh, they just fucking know what they're doing. No. No, it is controlled chaos at all times because that's where the comedy lives. Oh my God. If you're not laughing, you're doing it wrong. I'm sorry. It's so interesting because here's, I mean, gosh, we're launching and we're going to backtrack, but here's something I've been thinking about lately is that I work so hard to not, to not lose, to not make mistakes. And yet, what do you want to see on screen and on stage? You want to see people lose and you want to see people make mistakes. What am I doing? Yeah, we want drama and drama is bad news if you're in it funny watching it right exciting if you're waiting for how it turns out where if you're in it where have you been all my life i don't know where have you been what are we doing why did i take so long it took you both forever to get me to agree to do this because i'm with you i understand but thank you for your persistence oh my god i'll never give up on you i i'm terrible it's hard to get me to talk oh. to anyone. I know that's why I was also like, I can't give up here. It's going to take another half a year to find her. I well, yeah, and I'm right here. I'm probably down the street from you or something. Right. Right. right? <laughs> that's the other part. Yeah. It's like the my, Toronto my, part, right? Somebody gave me a really funny quote, and this sort of is apropos to what we're talking about, which is a couple of surgeons. Oh no, it's a joke. It's a couple of surgeons are in the um in the emergency ward, and they're like frantic. And one of the doctors looked at the other doctors and says just relax what do you think we, we're not doing we're not making a film yeah yeah just I, I need to modify but I will credit I need to adapt yeah. to just relax we're just trying to save lives not we're just in a writer's room job in a room <laughs> yes like I knew from the moment I met you on that uh women in film panel I was like oh Karen's my people well, there were a lot of other of our people there. So I kept getting distracted and thinking, well, like one day. And then, of course, yeah. I feel like we looked at each other and went, oh, yes. we get each. I don't know. I just felt it from you cracked from me up so immediately. I'm, and I went, why aren't we like yeah. hanging out? I mean, do you get spread so thin, though? This is why we're not hanging out because you're so like we're all so spread thin. Look at you. You've got post-it notes going <laughs> around your room and back again. Don't they look good, though? They look good. Mm-hmm. Is anything on them happening? Am I remembering to turn around? Straight up. The first time I see those notes each day is when somebody is on a Zoom with me and I go, oh, right. right. I think I might just put post-it notes that say like, 
eggs milk. One is a note like cat vet. It's just the illusion of order. Some days that's all you can do. But you just said that about in Canada. You said like, uh, and I remember reading this somewhere that artists make order from chaos. That's our jam. Like if, if I need to like, like my brain is like, if I can just organize the spice drawer, I'll feel better. Exactly. And for me, and you know, everybody is different. Like I need to see things. The, the whole, I've worked my butt off to get green in terms of how much stuff I burn and all the paper I used to go through because I'm very tactile, very visual person. Mm -hmm. So it's not in front of me. The only thing I really, this year is better, but up until last year, I couldn't, I couldn't stand the digital calendar. No, no, like physical book in front of me with color codes and like a path forward clearly etched on paper. That's when I, yeah, did all things. But now it's more take all naps. Yeah, (laughs) I used to have, I used to have a file of facts. Oh, see the file of facts. I remember file of facts. I remember not being able to afford and aspiring it was an investment my, nice. my aunt gave me the the binder and then every year I would invest in the calendar which would be like ridiculous it would be like 15 dollars or something for a calendar yeah and I was like no this is gonna be yeah. my year I need yeah. it yeah that's what I do I, bu- I still buy one every year I debate not doing it then they go on sale and I buy one because it's February and I still am dating everything wrong from two years before and I go this will solve everything it's habit the comfort of habit I get it I get it but give me a little snapshot into like like your day folks like you I mean pretty much everybody I speak to on firecracker department are plate spinners and then I see your world and I'm like oh wow you're like next level plate spinner I feel like you're a plate spinner but they're on fire fire. (laughs) if they're constantly dropping and I have to go out and buy new ones and put them back on and remember how to spin them and then dump lighter fluid on them and then you know hit a static spark with my little sweater and set them all off that's my that would be I get it. accurate. Well, give me two versions. Give me like the perfect Karen Walton day and the actual Karen Walton day. Okay. So the perfect Karen Walton day is I do the work before me writing wise first, straight out of bed, like still in the gym jams, yeah. cup of coffee at this monitor in this room with crazy cats around me, actually nailing it, like actually yeah. creating a story. Even I believe it. And I'm a, I'm a tough spell, right? No demons, no voices in my ear, no instant recall for all the unfortunate that things that have been said to me along the way while I write this. Or the, right. the healthy food I forgot to eat is all taken care of. I am in perfect yeah. physical and mental and, and emotional condition to drop the hammer on an entertaining yet enlightening experience perfect day i'm finished by one i meander throughout my neighborhood which is the greatest gift i ever gave myself was you know getting out the tiniest house in the coolest area of toronto i roam i window shop mostly for books you know i spend money i do have yes on more creative and intellectual stimulation 
I have dinner with my incredible partner and then we watch something awesome. That's the perfect day. I love it. I the love usual it. day. <laughs> this is such a fun game. It is, it's a good one. The, uh, the usual day is I get up, I ruin the coffee by not putting the carafe like right back in the thing and it's pouring all over the kitchen counter. The cats are literally at war, like literally life-threatening conflict is going on. The drama is in my living room instead of on my page. I arrive eventually at the computer unfed, unwatered, barely caffeinated and in a bad mood because I have no idea what I'm going to do. I understand the problems intellectually, but what I can possibly do about them yeah. as a storyteller is completely beyond my grasp. Usually I'm not convinced I remember how I did it last time. Right. I have no idea that I, in a conscious state of mind that I've ever written anything before let alone showed it to people. And I uh, will divert to the beloved yep. internet, to the great public square yep. of other people's problems. And I read a lot of those. And sometimes I get involved. Most times I'm just absorbing how awful it must be to be anybody but someone of my age and experience who has the luxury of getting paid to sit in her pajamas and have trouble making things up. And I will yeah. wring my hands here all day. Wring my hand, rework yeah. a sentence for a couple of weeks. You know, just be my own worst enemy and uh, gradually pull myself out of it, go have a nap, go walk around the block. <laughs> Yep. Convince myself that groceries could be the answer. Yep. <laughs> Do that. Yeah. Come back, make a snack. Try to remember when I last had a leafy green. <laughs> those. Hydrate, hydrate, and come back usually about eight o'clock at night on those horrible but very typical days. Yeah. Convinced I have a solution because I walked away for a minute right right i basically manage myself if i were my own worst case scenario teenager that's what's going on here on a daily basis it's yeah. grown up me managing the inner child i depend on to be a, an entertaining person has anything changed like here's the, here's the thing that i think we fall into traps with is that we imagine that one day will be that perfect day and truthfully, I don't think so. No, I, I really resent all of the gurus and, and all of the people who put out into the world the idea that there is an ideal for anything. Yeah. I find that intensely problematic just as a critic of human nature and history, right? Do people change? Not really. You know, can they work on things that are unfortunate in their eyes about their state, yes, uh -huh. we can all uh -huh. learn, we can all be healthier, we can all think more clearly. These are all, there's all kinds of physiological things we can work on, but it's a work in progress. As soon as you decide that you're failing because you're not achieving somebody else's idea, the recipe you saw this week, 
is not yeah. resulting in the loaf of bread that you see in the picture. <laughs> this oh my god, I, I get it, right? Yeah. Kind of because you can't. I mean, if your habit, like mine, is to constantly question yourself, yeah. then that's the thing that you should be focused on. When do you flip the script? When do you catch yourself and decide you're not playing that game today because it takes more energy than it does to just tell yourself the story that you're the greatest person ever for the next five minutes to get this email done, right? Yeah. yeah. That's about me changing how I think, not about me achieving everything on my list. Oh, yeah. I mean, I get it. I get it. The amount of time I spend talking myself out of just doing the thing as opposed to just do the thing. Oh, you yeah. know what? Nobody else is going to write that script for you, Sneakers. Yeah, it's the scenes that make people cry and the scenes that have to very cleverly explain a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. And the yeah. scenes that make the triumphant but very emotional packed sequences yeah. so that yeah. you'll come back next week or whatever. The, the idea that we can all do things exactly the same way ridiculous yeah. doesn't even bear up yeah. right or that we'll all achieve the same results if we just follow up the latest fad plan no no is there a scene okay that way you just described that like scene that is the explaining scene or scene that makes you cry what's the last time or what what is in your brain of the past scenes that you've written that you're like oh that was worth the anguish oh they're always worth the anguish because what it's finally hitting is it's walking around my analytic mind, which I'm really comfortable yeah. with. And probably that's my chief, my tyrant in chief is, I like things to make sense. And when mm -hmm. they don't, that's when I become vulnerable. So when I'm in a scene and I'm going, oh, I just don't even want to do this. I know that I am now where I'm asking performers to go. I'm asking, yeah directors and cast and crew and everybody to go. I'm asking the audience, to hang on, we're gonna go through this together. That's when I know I'm being honest. I'm not right. Karen controlling the words that make you feel a thing. Right, I hear, I hear that, that wrestle between like mind and heart, right? And I don't know if you go through this, but something that I find myself is if I get vulnerable, I flip the switch to intellectual. Yes. So, uh, we're in a discussion and I'm feeling vulnerable. So let me tell you how I feel. It's, I'm not telling you from my heart how I feel. I'm telling you intellectually how I feel. Yes. And as an artist, that's so fucked up. That's so not the route I should be going. Yeah, yeah. it's the safe place. And you have to understand yeah. there's a lot going on there. So are you avoiding experiencing what you know the, the story is taking you to? Are yeah. you avoiding it? Yeah. Because we do have a lot of sort of built-in, you know, conditioning is wonderful only in one respect. It teaches us not to walk out in front of a bus that's <laughs> oncoming, right? Yeah, All kinds yeah, of yeah. self-preservation is a natural and normal human Absolutely. behavior. Are you trying to spare yourself the grief? For me, I wonder, are you simply avoiding accepting that that's where you have to go to do it? Right? Are you just keeping yourself yeah. in the cozy place? For me, the cozy yeah. place. Interesting. Let's let's analyze. Right. <laughs> yeah. But nobody's interested in watching no. a person analyze things. How no. absolutely boring. Hey, have, when's the last time you binge watched a person analyzing things? Never. And click. Yeah. Yeah. No. 
no, I can only, you know, I, I just, I don't want to be told how to think about things. I want to enjoy going someplace with someone who isn't me, working things out, actually. Yeah. Live yeah. moment. Like, wow, what would you do? Do you have That's an example cool. of, a, of, in your heart, of a scene that you created that you were like, I don't know, like proud of, and it represented the heart that you tried to put on paper? The one that springs to mind immediately is probably there's a movie for television I did based on a true story called Many Trials of One Jane Doe. It's kind of, yeah, you know, it was kind of early career stuff and uh, so much responsibility and self-induced pressure to get yeah. the story of this particular woman's battle. Yeah. Not only accurate, but authentic a lot to cover and the extra trick was this was a uh, in a movie we say it's a character or a role but this was a real life person i am representing right. and her anonymity is of course protected by canadian law as a survivor of uh, sexual assaults and rape mm -hmm. i couldn't present her as she is in real life yeah right this yeah. is an anonymous but i had to tell a story accurately in Ooh, yeah. and dramatize it so those scenes, so many of those scenes, but in particular scenes in which our representation of her showing us the moment by moment experience of calling the police who come to your house a little too quickly, suspiciously quickly in hindsight, watching her put together the scenario that must really be going on around her while she is literally climbing out of an atrocious, an atrocious uh, assault in her own home, in her own bed, in the middle of the night, while she is cogent enough to be going, so much of everything that's happening around me, now that the helpers are here, makes yeah. no sense. Like trying to, first of all, you got to go there. You can't pretend, you know. And then second of all, once you're in that scene in your imagination, looking at literally court records of testimony yeah. of beat for beat, what he okay. saw, what she saw, that stuff was tough. And I was really, really, really grateful and proud for uh, the real person's contributions to how the integrity of those scenes turned out and everybody involved in making it who I wasn't there. They shot that movie in Winnipeg, even though it took place in reality in downtown Toronto. So I was really gratified that what I typed on a page yeah. was honest and uh, honored that experience. Did not out of an abundance of caution for not giving away <laughs> anything that could be attributed to a real person. So messy, right? Yeah, so messy. So the intellectual is auditing, and the storyteller, the person who's running through these scenes in everybody's boots, is trying to absolutely respect what each individual thought was happening in that. Yeah. And to convey that on a piece of paper. Those scenes I'm very proud of because there was a lot to consider. I was a, you know, I hate the term baby screenwriter, but I was brand new to this profession. Ew, yeah. So I was still learning, I still learning the craft of how to manage that. And then the yeah. art of how to manage the writer tasked with that. That's, 
Yeah. And the pressure. I learned so much. Like at the yeah. time, you know, I was, you know, a shuddering wreck. But yeah. in hindsight, the lessons I learned about myself trying to accomplish all that, every single project since. I sit there before a tweet. I don't re-edit it a thousand times, but I do think about what if this is the last thing I ever say or the first thing somebody hears from me. Right. Yep. Why am I doing it? Right? Yeah. Why am I? What is my responsibility? Right? It's no not an opinion. The world is full of opinions, right? I'm not yeah. here for an opinion. What am I doing? What's my intention? Where did you learn that from? Writing. For me, there's only one way to learn, and that's finding out what's what's good and what's not so awesome. <laughs> Could have done that better. Got it. <laughs> Take the I mean, aren't we always going to be able to say that? Like as artists, we can do something better. Like I don't think yes. I've ever created something that I went and perfect done. Retire. Retire. Yeah. <laughs> right. But then you would have to retire because yeah. everything after that would be just a, a letdown, right? A, yeah. a disappointment. You know, my, I think my principal battle, I don't know about you, is uh, my war with disappointment. Mostly, okay. because, again, it's about perceptions of where you're coming from when you're working. So worry about disappointing, you know, all of the incredible performers I have the luxury of sometimes getting read by, let alone they say yeah. words and do your stuff one day, right? And make it better every time. Like what an extraordinary opportunity. So I worry about disappointing people who are offering opportunities. And I also worry about letting people down as they anticipate just waiting for a cool story. And I think a lot of people would agree with me on this is that I think you're a risk taker. I think you're like a rule breaker and a risk taker. Yeah. And I wonder yeah. how that part of your personality, where that stands, when you also have the responsibility and the pressure of like, don't let anybody else down. Like, how do you still become like a bold Karen Walton when you're concerned that you might let somebody down? In truth, it's one of two things will happen because that's a whole process for every minute right? Yeah. So that's a whole yeah. process. One of two things will happen. Either I will get bored of that voice in my head that goes, I don't know. What are you doing? This is a bit arrogant, conceited, entitled. Who gave you permission to risk right. this, right? Like it's either going to be down to me getting absolutely, because I do get bored easy, bored of listening to myself, give myself all the reasons not to try something. I believe in trying things, right? I started in yeah. drama. My degree is in drama. I was not a writer on purpose. I was a creating performer. And so I default to improv and I go, so how long are you just going to keep going in this dead improv loop of all the reasons not to, right? Or, yeah. And then I get bored and then I go, Fuck it. Let's try. What's the worst that can happen? Is someone going to get hurt? Are we going to make it worse? Or do we endanger someone by sharing this particular piece of inspiration or point of view or whatever? What's worse? Worrying about it or trying it and failing? I'd rather try it, right? The second thing yeah. that happens is if I can't get out of the loop or I'm whinging away, which I 
am guilty of doing behind the scenes. I try not to do it out loud for the wonderful world. I will loop, right? I will get yeah. stuck. And yeah. uh, in, the, in that moment, it will be some incredible woman, inevitably, will say, or you should give yourself a break and go for it. What do you got to lose? My favorite is what do you got to lose? And yeah. the women in my life who I trust and support me, and hopefully I have earned their trust and support them will say, but you know what, Karen, you're not wrong. This is not a mistake right. in the making until you go for it. They'll encourage me and tease me and dare me. You dare yeah. me, then I'll try and find a really clever way to do it. Now it's a one-liner, so I can afford that, you know? Right, yeah. But it's not that I'm so special, it's just that, you know, I get exhausted like everybody else with this whole yeah. loopy loop of, sure. you know, what should I do? <laughs> it's hard, right? Yeah, you need somebody to like throw water in your face. Water in your face, tickle fight, pillow to the face is good. <laughs> Really good bottle of wine. I read that John Fawcett said something like, you're, you're weird and funny and you should write this movie about ginger snaps. So having somebody that just goes, just get to work. You got this in you, I you know, and same with Black. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just do it. Do this, which can be the opener for all kinds of like adventures that, you know, should never be. I mean, I only have a career because I kept saying yes because I wondered what that would be like. Name a project I went, weird, what would that be like? Yeah. <laughs> That's usually how anything I do happens. Yeah. I wonder what that would be like, right? I yeah. didn't have epic, I still don't. I have less. I don't have epic ambitions, right? I'm just yeah. uh, some weirdo but from the suburb. And uh, I never thought I'd be doing this for a living. So I don't take it for granted, but I also don't think it's the be all and end all. I could be helping people in, in camps, all around the world have better quality of lives and learn to read yeah. in a language that would further their own quality of lives and their kids. I would rather be doing that. There's a courage bar. Right. Yeah, no. That, right. Instead, I've decided like the smartest way for me to be useful in that vein right now is to tell stories of merit and courage. Yeah. When did you know that that was your Oh my gosh, I hate saying calling because it sounds kind of hokey pokey, but like the calling that this is what you needed to do. Never. Still don't know. No, no. Every Tuesday I quit, right? Every Tuesday I go, obviously I should be doing something else. What else would you do? Oh, tons. Are you kidding? Like I'm still, uh, I'm still determined to get my uh, private investigator's license. Oh, tell me everything. I think that's, also one of my passions. I'm determined yeah. to do it. It's scary because it costs a lot of money to get properly trained where we live and then you've got to pass an exam and stuff. So I'm a little, you can tell I'm a little anxious about that. And the year I was going to do it was the year the pandemic started. So I decided not to, to save those pennies because I was yeah, a little yeah. worried sure. that it was a big investment with nothing on the horizon. And I kind of chickened out a bit, but I'm hoping I will return to that project. Wow. The other thing I really, really want to do is um, learn a bunch more, like to get to like expert game level in media literacy, because I find as a storyteller, but more as a consumer and an advocate and an activist, what I'm learning is 
you know, we made a big mistake in our, in all of our education systems all around the world in terms of how young people and kids get exposed to stories without any tools in terms of how to assess them, not analyze them, assess them. Like if I hear a news story and my favorite broadcaster is telling me the story, uh, do I right. default to assuming it's true? Or has the story been presented in a way that makes it so compelling it must be? Yeah. And it's that, that great big space between what our cultures and our genders and our uh, where we live in the world and what we're exposed to and the ideas that we are carrying around with us consciously and unconsciously determines how we see the world and what we understand is happening in it, yeah. right? And it's not that there's one truth, one true experience that will totally define, make sense of everything, but there are a lot of forces at work in the world that are determined to have that be perceived as the case, right? Yeah. De determined to, we call it controlling the narrative or framing everything in a unique point of view. And I think we've all been through a world in the last few years where we went, yeah, what or wait, or is it? Oh my God. And you know, the pandemic's the great leveler, right? It's the yeah. welcome to what nobody knows. Welcome to what yeah. nobody knows. And then watch us all choose to learn what we can know and verify as it unpacks, right. right? There is no senior showrunner determining the finale on this one. Right, so yeah. The entire planet got on board or not for this unfolding story with no narrator they trusted. And I find it fascinating. Yeah. Right. But now, do you think you would pursue that kind of like uh, media literacy and then in your brain go, oh, this would make a great film. Oh, this would make a great series. Sometimes, sometimes when I hear stories from within expertise, I go, yeah. wow, that's awesome. We should tell that in a different, yeah. in a format in which we can present it in an entertaining way, but yeah. share that information that is only going to go so far in, you know, the silo of academia. Right, right, right. Sometimes, but not always. Like I am a journalism fiend. I read journalism right. all day and all night. And I find the task of conveying what people are experiencing, ideally in an environment with ethics and morals. Ideally, I'm stressing that because there is no perfect ethical and moral universe. Yep. Right. So I find the challenge of conveying to me, Jane, nobody in the middle of nowhere, yeah. a clear and concise story, because that's what they are. They just work backwards. They start with the most important thing and then go taper down. You can read as, as much more as you want to, but they're counting on you going, OK, I got what I need moving on. Mm -hmm. I find mm -hmm. that craft and that courage to report just a breathtaking feats of uh, yeah wherewithal but it surprises me that you say that you're not ambitious like I don't know how you can be where you are without having ambition I'm not ambitious I'm just curious which is different ambition at least to me you would apply it 
in a direction to certain goals. And right. uh, I get very uncomfortable when I'm asked what I'm doing next Wednesday in case I've secretly booked it off so that I can like hang out and binge TV or yeah. whatever, right? So I'm not ambitious. I don't have any more career goals and plans not at this particular stage in my life because I'm really enjoying becoming a mature woman in the Western world who mm -hmm. has a luxury of choices about how do I spend my time. And I love especially the luxury of occasionally getting to decide not to work or not to do the work I'm known for and do other work in the world. I think that's really cool that you didn't stop challenging yourself to risk. Like, like what does it mean to you to be a mature woman in 2021? Knowing that where you came from, like, I don't know how, how long it's been. Uh, oh, it's been 20 years since uh, Ginger Snaps, but that's like, that was sort of like, a, right? Yeah. So that's a turning point for you. And so yeah. now you're talking as a mature woman yeah. and what does that mean to you as an artist? Well, certainly not biological. It's, uh, it's for me, I describe it as a state of mind. I have the benefit of what I've learned, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, that old cliche where the older you get, the, the less you understand you know is true for me. Oh my God, I, yes. Right? Yes. So it's catnip for the curious. In my world, in, in my little Walty land, I just go, tell me something fascinating and I'm going to want to learn more about it. I've never right. been at a point in my life where I felt quite comfortable with everything I understand. Like right. that's, no. <laughs> it's not okay. It's not okay to be quite sure about everything and everybody and your place in it. Like I find that. Yeah. So for me, I think the best part of this moment and the wonderful thing about aging is every day you have never done that before. <laughs> Uh -huh. You've never uh -huh. been this old looking at that. Yeah. You have never before been able to assess it from what you learned yesterday, right? Every day is new and it's another chance. It's another chance to decide to continue to do whatever you're doing to support the status quo or shake it up. And I've always been a, a troublemaker since like, you know, kindergarten. The yeah. first year, if you tell us we can't talk, I want to know why. Right. <laughs> Right. Where did you learn the joy of being a shit disturber? Uh, good question. I suspect my mom would just say that's how I arrived, right? <laughs> both, of, both of my parents were unusual in their completely conventional upbringings, families, whatever. They were both unusual in that they independently as teenagers decided the first thing they had to do was get out of the small towns they were living in. And they right. met on a blind date, taking a risk, organized by my future godmother, right? In which shortly thereafter, they got engaged and decided to get married and then moved 3000 miles like to the other side of the continent to have lives that were different than the lives they grew up with. Like, who's the black sheep and who's the hero, right? Is what right. they say. These days, we think of my mom and dad as like adventurous, courageous souls who departed from their norms and set out into the world too, right? Yeah. And uh, in the same way, I did the same thing. 
right? I went, I got to get out of here as soon yeah. as possible. <laughs> I'm always there. I'm yeah. always going, what are we doing that is completely predictable and serving an idea of conventionality that I, I would not support if 15-year-old me were watching? I get it. I think that's a muscle you got to keep exercising when you find yourself too comfortable or something, huh? Yeah. Risk is, yeah. again, flip the s- script. Risk to me is an opportunity, yeah. right? On a bad yeah. day, it's a risk. On a smart day, it's an opportunity. Do you think that you are more risky now or when you first started your career? Oh, I'm way more dangerous than I ever have been. Look at your coy look. Yes. Really? Like when you were first a writer, like when you had nothing to lose? Yeah. What can I I risk? I maintain that attitude, right? I have nothing to lose. On the worst day, I'll go, well, if it doesn't work out, they're welcome to their money back or they're welcome to fire me. They can replace me. I'm disposable at all times in all ways as a woman in the industry or a woman on the sidewalk or a woman in the park or a woman taking yeah. a trip to a scary place in the world where I've never been before alone. I'm always risking something. Yeah. I'm clearly a woman and I clearly am not afraid to go out in the world. So that's going to invite some trouble. Good for me. Yeah. So does anything scare you? Well, that's a good question. I think uh, letting people down bothers yeah. me. It doesn't scare me. I'm not afraid of it. I am afraid of getting something wrong and being part of reamplifying the wrongness, right? So I'm scared of perpetuating yeah. a lot of crap that I grew up with that is built in, whether I'm aware of it at times or not. I'm scared of passing on the less ideal stuff I yeah. think I am or know, right? Um, but that's about yeah. it. Like uh, I do write some pretty unnerving and literally risky things that can get me physically in danger. But I, I'm also yeah. lucky. I live in a place where it's hard to find me technically and it's hard to, to reach me, right? So right. that's power, right? You have to yeah, use, yeah. It for good. use it for good. What was the catalyst behind starting something like Ink Canada then? Because that's something that, you know, like we've, we've spoken about this before because I think we walk similar lines in Firecracker Department and Ink Canada where you want to contribute to the community. But that means taking a different role, right? Like you're now in a role of leadership and structure as opposed to rule breaking. Like you're almost, right? Yeah, I see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. So how, tell me the catalyst. Time and a place for everything. In Canada started because I started getting uh, after, after my first little bloop on the radar of people's screens and mentions and whatnot, uh, I started getting a lot of emails and phone calls and requests from friends for writers trying to break in whatever that meant yeah. to them, right the break-in complex the myth mm-hmm. of breaking in right and uh, I got so many and I talked to my other women in screenwriting because it was quite unusual in the day there were like five of us not really but it felt like five of us that were at the same point in our careers where we could freely share our confusions right yeah and I, checked in with them and said, I'm getting all these emails and I'm really not sure how I can help or what I should say. And then another one said, oh, I just have a paragraph that I cut and paste into every one of those. Uh, You can have my paragraph, you know, that kind of thing. And I felt like that was the beginning of going, I wasn't afraid to answer, but I was concerned that anyone would think one person should be their guy. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
right? A far be it from me kind of thing. So I started in Canada when Alex Armitage House, who is a digital producer at Shaftesbury, amazing, amazing, <laughs> said to me randomly one day, you need to be on Facebook because I was talking about this. I'm going, I'm really uncomfortable, but not in a false modest way. I'm just uncomfortable right. with the idea these people might take my advice, which is so luck of the draw at this point. I didn't plan my career. I wasn't here on purpose. I'm an accident of a screenwriter. So I, I think it would be cool if they could talk to like 10 other people I know they're looking for who would have great advice on exactly what they want, right? Yeah. Think they want, yeah. right? And Alex said to me, you should be on Facebook. You can have a little place where people just ask everything and you just answer there and everyone could see it. And yeah. I said, no, Facebook's for college people hooking up. That's 2007 <laughs> in Canada. Right. I know Facebook, it's where college kids hook up, uh, put it off. And then one snowstorm in Montreal one night where I was at my other place uh, working on something that obviously wasn't going well, I decided to look <laughs> at it and then I stared at it for a couple more nights. And then I put up a group and went, well, no one will come except my friends who feel sorry for me going, well, right. look, she's obviously blocked because she's on Facebook. So the next morning, somebody joined, a stranger joined. And we've been friends ever since. I went to his wedding, okay. the first member of Inc. Canada. And yeah, I just started sending emails to all the screenwriters who were blogging around the world and all of the people I knew and didn't know and said, uh, you don't have to do this, but I think it's a good idea to yeah. pool resources and share a lot of perspectives instead of one, because I think one perspective is contributing to messing stuff up a bit. So let's try and like share what we know. And that's how it's started. Yeah. And so now, gosh, so it's 2007. What would you say are your favorite things about leading that group and the most challenging things? My favorite thing are the conversations always surprise Love me. them. Every single conversation has a surprise. Where yeah. I always, every single day, I look at it at least three times a day just for security reasons. I mm -hmm. make sure everything's going. I always learn something. There is never a day that I open that bloody group. And this is not promo because we're a group, we're a community. There's no business behind yeah. No, oh no, you're making millions from this for sure. Oh yes, cash in on the angle. Well, other people do do that. And this is why I'm staunch about it. People often ask, can we have this? Can we have that? And I'm like, yes, who's going to pay for it and do it? Right. And please don't say you're going to do it and then leave 9,000 writers hanging because that is the definition of anti in Canada, not cool, right? Yeah. Like don't yeah. make it you can't honor and you must accept the responsibility of a public square in which we are not going to hide behind who we know and the safety of other people mitigating for us. Yep. We're simply going to be writers out loud so that people who wonder what it's like can actually see that. Warts yep. and all, warts and all, right? Fights. Mistakes. Yeah, no, it gets heated over there. It, it yeah. can, it can, but for good. And that took a lot of work. If you're trying to write, it can be a distraction, this thing. So, it can, but it's been in my yeah. life for almost 14, what, 14, 15 years now. It's not yeah. a big surprise to me. When things go sideways between members, it's not a good, it's not a big, it's not good, but it's not a big surprise. Because you know what? I've been in lots of writer's rooms and I've watched it in person. If people could see the fly on the wall view they think they want, 
is a lot of little scriptures like that, where artists are negotiating their own voices, developing their own voices, trying to execute a common task and getting in their own and each other's way on the regular. Yeah. That's art. Yeah. That's what creating is all about. Totally. It's not about everybody's the same and we all agree. That is yeah. not what in Canada is there for. Nor is it there assuming everybody has the same education and experience and point of view on the industries, right? So that's not why we're there. We are there to pop a whole bunch of very glittery illusions about what it takes to represent yourself mm -hmm. as a writer mm -hmm. in the world. <laughs> Your voice for change or for conformity or to challenge things or to simply answer a question clearly or ask one well. Yeah. Right. Nine times out of 10, uh, it's just like going to a financial advisor. They're like, so what do you want out of right. this experience? And you're like, yeah, am I going to go? Can I get back to Will I be, you know, homeless? Yeah. Because of the yeah. way I am being right. How can I make a better life for myself without being completely dependent on the kindness of strangers? That kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So the most challenging part is to reassure people that I will never, never stop hosting a forum in which some courage is required. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because that's the only contribution I personally can make to the future of screenwriting anywhere, is to say, if you are gutless and tend to dress exactly alike, speak alike, think alike, and only agree to write what is comfortable with you, you could well be employed for the rest of your life and good for you. I don't want to be employed. I want to run my company and say my say and be able to evolve as the world does with me. Our goals may not be aligned and that's the point of these conversations. If you want a nice safe life in which you still get to make up stuff for money, that's a career. And there's 16,000 other versions of that. Yeah. Was it in Canada always like that from the very beginning? Yeah, yeah, it has to be. If it isn't, we are betraying the future of the craft and we're betraying creators who think they want to do what we do and creators who have been through the gamut, been through the ringer, yeah. been through every imaginable workplace nightmare to survive to tell you what they worked. We can't yeah. betray an entire crap. It's to me, it's a, it's an art. There is a profession in which it's a career. There is also a passion and an understanding of yourself that's required to write anything. So we're yeah. not really being writers if we're mincing about. If you don't have, if you don't feel you have permission, you could live by the sword, die by the sword. You have permission to share what's on your mind. Everybody else has permission to challenge your perceptions. Yeah, it's talking about courage too, right? Like if you're leading that group, you're going to have to be courageously leading. It's, yeah. The hardest parts are the days I know that I'm afraid for someone. I'm afraid for what's going to happen. The biggest challenge for me, as all the moderators who kindly volunteer know, is kicking someone off. I don't yeah. like to do it, right? Yeah. And I'll get like 5,000 complaints behind the scenes about what I count. Yeah. But this person is a person and they wanted to be here. And they are yeah. defending their point of view. You yeah. have the option 
of refusing to engage with that. That's person. right. Yeah. I certainly am taking the option not to help nor hurt this person. I still default to the individual. I go, we don't know what's going on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But by the same token, I also don't want to assume, oh, the moral majority this week has some superior ground on which to speak and decide, right? Because yeah. I go, hey, you know what? We've a I've actually at 56 lived through two decades in which the moral majority was preserving certain values that hurt way more people than it ever served. So let's right. examine this. Yeah. But it's hard to do online. It's a Facebook group. You know, we're also there to have fun and share cool stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, ultimately, you know, those conversations are the biggest challenge because usually I'm the holdout going, you know, what are we yeah. learning from this, right? It's not yeah. an everyday, thank goodness. I mean, really, I just want to move Apple boxes on whatever set you're on. Because I think- I Likewise. Think I just want to be like, off screen in all of your Zooms, listening to you talk to people and. Uh, well, funny you I say that. This is when we turn the table and you can ask okay. me a, a, sneak -a, a sneak -a question. Okay, I have it. I thought about okay, it. Bring it on. I thought about it. I, love it. I am a subscriber to this podcast and everyone listening should be. Uh, because it is like heart food, brain juice on tap. It's not as cheeky as it may sound. Uh, it's really simple though considering all the questions you've been asked so far. Yeah. Which ones haven't been asked that you wished we would? Oh. <laughs> so this is our part two. Could, yeah, yeah, this might be a part two. Like, yeah. because that is sort of an interesting question. And I've heard it before in chats where folks go like, what did I miss? Yeah. Like, I mean, well, you and I will finish talking today and I'll go, oh my, I just missed so much. I missed so many aspects of- Same. You're like I'll, I'll, you will play this back and then I'll go, oh, I didn't even hear the question correctly because I was so busy, like riveted to, to the image of you before me going, we're finally doing it, finally talking. I know, I'm so excited. She's live know. in front of me, how cool. Instead of in my earbuds where you live. Yeah. <laughs> you live in my earbuds while I'm like puttering around the house listening to podcasts. What's the question that nobody's asked me that I want to I want to be asked? You wish someone would just ask you this one thing. Well, you don't have to answer. Um, I would say like instinctually, I would say the thing that drives me and I'll put it back on you as well. Like what what's your main motivator? What's the thing that gets you out of bed in the morning? You have to go first because that's your question. Right. You're flipping back. I mean, I will say the thing that gets me out of bed is responsibility to my appointments of the day, which sounds horrible. It sounds so unartistic, but I, I'm like you, I don't wanna let anybody down. So yeah. if I look at my day and I have nothing on, I'm gonna hang out in, in bed watching Ted Lasso all day, thank you very much. I would say second to that, the thing that motivates me is uh, collaboration. Yeah. And that to me is like heart juice, as you said, like it's why I do improv, it's why Firecracker started, it's why I'm talking with you the joy of like you saying something that I go, oh, I think the same way. Wait a second, let's take that little nugget of us thinking the same way and make it into this beautiful thing. So yeah. community, collaboration, that's, that's a huge motivation. The big jam. It has to be fun, yes. like play and joy and fun have to be involved, yeah. but they don't only have to be involved. And that's something I think I'm learning 
in yeah. my like, later years now that it's not just yeah. about play that sometimes joy is in the struggle yes but i love the collaboration when we're together in the struggle yeah. the joyful struggle yeah yeah what motivate motivates me is stakes right i have yeah. like three sticky notes on my monitor they all say what's at stake what's at yes. stake yes yes because my I, default that, yes. yeah my default is who cares which is to me the worst thing you can say to anybody or about anything in the world. Yes. Yes. Who cares? Yes. Right? I say that wow. in improv. The only bad choice in improv is a non-choice. I like, oh, wait. But wait. Yeah. Yeah. Or suddenly. <laughs> suddenly. Suddenly. Yeah. All of those, um, I don't know. They're almost like a spark in the fire. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, uh, totally. Yeah. That gets yeah. me out of bed. Well, my yeah. getting me out of bed is difficult because I'm really good at sleeping for the first decade yeah, and about four decades of not really good at sleeping. I am so good at sleeping now that it's like, okay, okay I'm getting out, if you're getting me out of bed, it's literally mm -hmm. that. I'm not even flipping the script. You are getting me out of bed. Like I yeah. want to come and jam. I want to be a part of making my time here matter. Like so yeah. lucky. Couldn't be more winning lottos off on the yes. hour by hour yes. right all the lottos even when i'm scared shitless like oh yeah. my god the bank balance oh my god the bills are due oh my god i went to the bookstore instead oh my god all of those things i get to have bills i know that's ridiculous but it's like that means you're living in a place where you have electricity and water lucky yeah. freaking you right so with all this embarrassment of riches around you, what gets me out of bed is going, don't waste it. That's the power. The power means I have the internet and a computer that works and a voice I can use. And whatever happens today could change one small misery. Generations before me have left us all to contend with. So let's get on that. Yeah. What's at stake? I just don't want to squander it, right? Don't, yeah, don't I waste mean, it. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure too. Yeah, I good, I'm good with pressure. I need deadlines. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what's at stake? I love that so much. I think that's such a great thing to live by, you know, like waking up and going, yeah, what's at stake today? If nothing's at stake, nap it up. Nap it up, nap on. Yeah. Maybe you need the rest. If your brain can't figure out a good right. reason to go there, then it might be about the state you're in, that, that you're what's at stake, you know? It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Apps are good. All right, let me do the wrap-up questions, my firecracker wrap-up questions, and uh -huh. then let me mourn the fact that I have to say goodbye. You just have to promise me in front of whoever's listening that we're going to follow this up. We are going to follow this up because that's my capper. Wrap-up questions, here we go. Fill in the blank. To me, a firecracker is? Courage. What do you want to be best known for? Attitude. <laughs> yes if this was a movie gosh see this makes this question makes me realize how much more i want to talk to you but if this was a movie what do you think was the uh, climactic turning point that changed your life forever me finally getting to talk to you what no, a good climactic scene wouldn't it be amazing yeah. this was my last ever conversation but if it was we got this done which completing a task take that post-it off the wall so chat with Naomi. Done. Right. Done. Yeah. What's something that people don't know about you? Here's the thing you don't know about me. 
jar of peanut butter, a spoon, and a bag of milk chocolate, chocolate chips. You're happy. Money. That's it. it. That's my idea. I love it. Yeah. What has been your best mistake, your favorite mistake that you've made, and what did you learn from it? Oh, my favorite mistake is easy right now. My favorite mistake was uh, refusing to get involved with a fellow coworker on a show over 20 years ago uh, at the time. And then seeing that person working away on Twitter over a, a similar obsession with a certain American election and inviting that person cold 20 years later to come to my midterm elections party to see what's going on. And we have been together, we're on our third year together. No! My favorite mistake, which I, he still teases me about, my favorite mistake in his eyes was, you know, refusing to accept the obvious in the moment. <laughs> and instead going, no, oh I am not going to undermine my reputation as a professional in my first paid gig in the story room. So no, you <laughs> go away from me. Never, ever address, I won't even look you in the eye. Right? Horrible. Here we are. Horrible. I just complete cut dead to that poor person who is now my partner and uh, in life. <laughs> I think the best mistake was waiting 20 years and hitting on him now. I love it. I love it. Um, what's something that you haven't done, but you know you have to do? Housework. <laughs> <laughs> thing that makes you feel the most powerful when when people respond to things i've written in ways that assure me they got what i meant do you know what i mean yeah the, the yeah, satisfaction. yeah yeah that's really cool what's been the best advice you've ever had or the worst advice you've ever had the best advice i ever had was who cares what they think <laughs> What, Mr. Kutzik's haircut? He's going to ruin your day? Who cares? Who cares what mm -hmm. they think? Not the who cares, yeah. but who cares what they think? Um, and uh, the worst advice I ever got was, well, just tough it out. Yeah. Contract will end while I'm reporting, you know, sexual harassment and malign on the job. And that's yeah. the worst advice I ever got. Uh. It's almost over. And I'm just oh, like, boy. wrong. I didn't know then, but that was the wrong answer. The suck it up was the worst advice I ever got. Who's a firecracker in your world that you want to shine a light on? There are two. Can I do two? They're connected. You can indeed. I love it. We happen to be in the same industry and sectors and whatnot. But uh, as far as I'm aware, the, the three of us have never worked together. Um, we were brought together by one of us who had the guts to also be looking out into the rest of the world and going, you, yeah. you two, get over to my house. So uh, my firecracker shout out is to Jean Yoon. And oh, yeah. Annie. I almost cried saying it. Jean Yoon and Annie Bradley. Those women everything everything all the time 100 percent. yeah life changers those two yes they World are changer. yeah uh -huh. they make me a better person in spite of myself on the regular true story five seconds uh i had to take my car in to the shop to get the the window 
I'm bawling away here, just so we know you can't hear my eyelashes fluttering, but they are. Um, I had to take the car in for the winter tires because Canada. And uh, <laughs> I pass Annie with her phone at the curb, who's clearly waiting for yeah. her pickup that day, you know, waiting for her ride to go to work or whatever she's doing. Yeah. And uh, the traffic is such that I get kind of stopped almost right in front of her and I'm waving and I'm not awake enough to have the presence of mind to hit the horn or any, I'm just <laughs> waving going, Annie, Annie. <laughs> and she's like, mm -mm, director girl, going to work. Dirt, dirt, dirt. Yep. And so I voice text once I passed her and said, hey, that was me, the crazy person waving at you from the car in front of you. That was me. I was waving at you on a given street. And an hour later, you can tell she went to work, started her day, da, 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 and then I text again and went, you mean different street? And I'm like, yeah, no coffee. Where am I? <laughs> she's, she's correcting our misguided ideas. <sighs> Two, four, seven, my friends. Yeah. That's firecracker action. I love it. Uh, last question is uh, advice. Advice you would have given a younger Karen. Be careful who you take advice from. <laughs> and even if it's yourself. <laughs> yeah, oh, especially if it's me. Look at me. I'm ridiculous. If they could see me now, right? You're howling for good reason. What a clown. I, what a ridiculous I, you know, drama club dropout poser sometimes see i don't even know that part of your story i don't know that you're a drama dropout poser I, that's no, a whole I, other chapter yeah yeah no see we'll we'll make the documentary of just us we'll okay, my do friend. my my dinner with naomi and we'll just love like it. the two of us one set five lights good ones and we'll just be sitting there having this yeah. let's rewrite the festival art house film with two women talking what would that be like Oh, shock of all shocks. I love it. Okay, let's I love go. It. All right. I'll be Thank Winnie. You're fantastic. Thank, Thank you. you. Firecrackers. Bye. Oh, I just loved it. I loved my chat so much with Karen. And I loved, you know, seeing Karen's world too. She's got all these post-its on her wall. And you can just see like uh, there's creative potential all around her all the time, whether there's post-its or not. I love that I'm able to share this chat with you and I really encourage you to follow Karen on Instagram at hello I write, all one word, and also for the latest Ink Canada updates, follow them on Twitter at Ink Canada or join their Facebook group. The link will be all in our show notes. So let us know, you know, what uh, what stuck with you from this episode on Instagram or Twitter at firecrackerdept or you can always leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We would just love to hear from you. This community is so incredible and it's building and building and building and I love hearing your voices along the way to help guide where Firecracker Department needs to go. Tell me everything, I would love to hear it. Head over to our website, firecrackerdepartment.com and subscribe to our newsletter to have the inside track on upcoming events like the mentorship panels that we've got coming up, uh, workshops, script readings, writing bursts. I mean, so much. If you thought we were doing stuff in 2021, 2022 is gonna rock your world, guaranteed. I'm Naomi, go on out there and get creative, be bold, be brave, believe, and then let me know what you're working on. I'd love to see it. And thanks for listening to the Firecracker Department. We sure do appreciate it.
Winnie Wong is our Firecracker Head producer. Follow her at Wonder underscore Wong on Instagram and Wonder underscore Wong 8 on Twitter. This episode is edited by Shane Stoltz. You can follow them at Shane Stoltz, all one word, and Shane with a Y. This intro was written by the one and only wonderful Winnie Wong. That's right, she's a triple W. The rest of the team comes at you from Toronto, Los Angeles, Austin, London, Dubai, and truly from all over the world. Get into the full Firecracker Department core team at firecrackerdepartment.com slash about because we're always updating and we're always growing. Stay tuned to our newsletter for advanced updates on our monthly meditations, upcoming mentorship workshops, live script department readings, festival partnerships, weekly writing workouts, and dates for 2021, and so much more. There's lots going on in Firecracker Department. Now, whether you're a first time or a long time listener to the Firecracker Department, we always, always want to hear from you. We love hearing what quotes, the specifics, the nuances of things that stuck with you. We mean it. We really do. And we respond to every single thing that comes our way. If it gives your brain goosebumps or it piques your curiosity or makes you want to stop and write something down, send it back to us or our Firecracker guest or both. I mean, everybody likes to know that when they put something out into the world, that it resonates. And if it sparks something in you, use that creativity to take some creative action. Share it because it just reverberates, you know? If you see somebody being creative, that might spark somebody else's creativity. So pay it forward. Thanks also to Jeff Malutinovic and Igor Korea for our theme music. And thanks to you. Yeah, you. Sitting there, driving there, walking there, working out there, and taking time to listen. We know there's a lot of options out there and we really appreciate you choosing us. We hope to see you at maybe brunch, maybe the writing workshop. And until next time, thank you for listening to the Firecracker Department. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.